You're listening to the Live Well Radio Podcast Show. A wealth of information for a life of inspiration. And here's your host, Brett Coleman. Today is Ask the Therapist Thursday, and our guest today is Dr. Bryant Clement. He's been the director of the Hippocrates Health Institute in West Palm Beach, Florida, since 1980. He has dedicated his career to providing lifestyle medicine to men and women who are in search of alternative ways to heal their bodies. His experience in this area of care makes him unique in the sense that he subscribes to the notion, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Dr. Clement, thank you for your inspiration that you're about to share here today on the show. How's it going? Things are just wonderful and life keeps going forward and people are finally awakening. You know, I like that. I like the optimism. You've been director there at Hippocrates Health Institute since 1980. Now, wait a minute. When did you start that gig? When the, when the training wheels came off when you were 10 years old? That's a, that's a long oh, time ago. No, unfortunately, in a short time, I'll be 70. So I've been around a bit. I feel like I'm 20. So that's what what's going on. And in 1975, I joined the team in Boston. Remember, Hippocrates was the very first lifestyle medicine center. We invented lifestyle medicine. And our founder back in 1952 in Boston was told by the Harvard doctor she had 90 days to live with stage four advanced cancer. And she went home and radically changed her lifestyle and reversed the stage four cancer and opened the doors of Hippocrates in 1956. And I was blessed because uh, I was obese. I was a pioneer in American obesity, lost 120 pounds, and was fortunate to run into this wonderful woman who was in her 70s at that point who said, you know, I reversed cancer myself. And I radically shifted my lifestyle just as a boy at 20. And uh, that's when all of the good events happened. And she convinced me to work in this field. And I've been doing it now for 47, 48 years. My goodness. And what was the first position you held in, in that field of lifestyle medicine? Well, what I was doing is actually working as almost a, a minimum wage employee because I had an education, but I didn't know anything about this, so I would do anything. I would wash dishes, I would uh, do classes, and before you know it, they realized I knew how to speak to groups, and they put me in that position, threw a suit on me, and and from there it kept growing and developing. And uh, I was in Europe uh, representing Hippocrates for three and a half years in the 70s late 70s. I came back in 1980. They asked me to be the director and I had a lot of ambition. I didn't know what a director was. So I said, yes. And then I had to figure it out. And I should, I should have taken classes on that one. So over the, over the decades, I've sort of learned to be a better director as time goes. And you, and you led me right to my next question. What did you learn from those early experiences that helped you along your journey to help people be, live a better life? Well, I think the most important thing I've learned is that there's nothing that is ever so bad it cannot be corrected. Uh, you know, in those uh, first days and months that I worked at Hippocrates, I was watching people who came in and could hardly walk and talk. Uh, by the end of the program, they were running out and happy and smiling. And then months later, we would often hear about how the doctor told them they've reversed disease. So my my life of uh, being an optimistic believer uh, was molded and crafted by real life experiences. 
So I think it was something that you can't pay for to see that type of thing. The second thing that I learned is when people are really sick and they're close to death, they become truth tellers. There's no embellishment. There's no exaggeration or BS going on, you know. And I would sit with people who were close to death. And every time I was with them and they opened their hearts, they would say to me, you know, I wish my priorities had been different. And what I often heard about is community and relationships. I wish I had been nicer to my wife or to my husband or my children, spent more time with them. And so as, at a young age, not that I was wise enough or smart enough to change, I was just frightened enough to hear it often enough to say, I don't want to do that. So I became a better husband, a better father, uh, hopefully a better person by the encouragement of people who were, you know, really opening their minds and hearts and spirit. Not one of the, not one of those people ever said, Hey, I wish I would have spent more time in the office. No. Uh, more time in the office, or I wish I had more money. No billionaire said the same thing. Poor folks. It was all about priorities and love. Give us your definition of lifestyle medicine, and does it differ from alternative medicine? It does. I mean, unfortunately, we all permitted uh, the allopathic, uh, you know, mainstream pharmaceutical medicine to label us as alternative. We're not the alternative. They're the alternative. Uh, remember, throughout human history. People have lived healthy lifestyles and maintained health. And they always come up with these statistics and data that's completely embellished. Uh, the truth is we don't live longer today than we've ever lived. When I looked into that decades ago, I recognized that there was something 100 years ago called infant mortality, that commonly babies died at birth or before they were one. And it was so high an amount, it was 25% of the average family lost a child before they were one year old. Now, modern medicine does a lot of great things, and one of the great things they did is create diagnostics. So now we know when an umbilical cord is wrapped around the baby's neck before they try to give birth, or they're breached, and so we virtually uh, wiped out and dramatically reduced infant mortality. So what happened is we don't live longer, and I'll give you some statistics to, to prove that to you, it's that we wiped out infant mortality, so the life expectancy went from the 50s up to the 70s. It's dropped in the last five years by three years. I don't know if you know that. Uh, the U.S. government, which hardly ever comes out and says anything of value, came out a few years ago and said, for the first time in recorded history, children born today will die five years sooner than their parents. Up until now, the trend has always been the next generation lives longer. And of course, modern medicine, pharmaceutical medicine, takes the uh, credit for that, which is completely wrong. Now, here's why we are dying and suffering more than anyone in history. 57% uh, of Americans will have cancer in their life. The year 1900, it was 3%. 48% uh, of Americans will die from a heart attack or stroke. Uh, back in, in 1900, it was 8 or 9%. And diabetes type 2 was non-existent. It was less than 1% and not even reported in the journals. Uh, today, it's one of the fastest growing diseases in history. Uh, autism, which was 1 out of 10,000 in the year 1980, is now 1 out of 32. And as MIT has told us, on track to be half the children born, one half, 50% of the children born, in the year 2025, that's six years from now, will be born with some level of autism. And now we know that ADD is part of the autistic scale and dyslexia. 
So this has been around a long time, just the brain damage, the brain injury from our chemicals and heavy metals and uh, garbage we have in our food and air and water uh, are increasing the damage in the brain cells. Sounds like what you're saying, this extensive research of yours in your firsthand experience with patients, it's primarily lifestyle choices, yes? Yes, it is. I mean, here in the United States, mainstream doctors are trained to intimidate their patients by saying it's genetic. When you actually tell somebody it's genetic, even a person without a, a science background, they see the word hopeless. Uh, it's not genetic. Uh, up until 15 years ago, the European community followed America like puppy dogs behind the mother. And then they jumped off the boat. They started to realize that by saying something is hopeless or genetic, uh, people don't participate in their healing. And they started to recognize the way we think, the way we eat, the movement we have, the relationships we're in, be it marriage or be it work, all play a, a significant role in our health. Uh, because they all affect the immune system. And proper living strengthens the immune system, which is the inherent army of love that's in your body that's there to protect you from cancers and viruses and molds and all of the, the things that we're exposed to. Uh, whereas negative thought or negative lifestyle, as mine was, you know, I ate no, nothing that resembled food. It was called food. I hated exercise. I used to see jocks as sort of brainless people who were kicking balls around a thing as I was smoking cigarettes. And, uh, and, and negativity was, in my generation as a man, you know, uh, part and parcel of being masculine. So I knew how to spit and curse really well as a kid. And all of that really plays poorly on your body and your immune system. So this is how we get sick. So in Europe, they now talk about epigenetics. And they put control back into the patient or the person's hand and said, look it, if you created the disorder uh, by eating wrong and, and not moving and exercising and finding yourself in a job you hate and loathe and you get ulcers by thinking about it every day and being in a marriage that really no longer works and, and not, not trying to figure out if it, it's worth staying in, all of these things are why people are sick today and why we have these unbelievably high numbers. You know, I just touched on a few problems. I mean, I could go on a two-hour show with you and spew data and statistics out that are all absolutely supported by overwhelming research. It is. And what type of diseases have you seen people able to reverse uh, during your nearly half century of work? There has to be a trend. Well, you know, what, what's interesting is we get the sicker people than hospitals do here. Because after medicine, mainstream medicine fails, the lucky ones learn about us often from their relative or neighbor or friend at work who says, you know, my aunt went to Hippocrates with stage four uh, cancer or multiple sclerosis or diabetes type two or whatever it is. And they got well. So that's who we get calls from here, hundreds of calls every day. And, you know, this is not a place that everyone's a candidate for. You have to be a serious health seeker. You have to be willing to, to, to be responsible. And we here in America have been, learned, uh, been taught to be impotent. You know, we basically don't want to do anything. We want to pop a pill. And I don't care if you're a natural seeker or not. You think taking an herbal pill and eating a healthy meal once a day is enough. It's not enough. And so we discourage as many people who call us or get in touch with us from coming here as we encourage. So this is for serious health seekers. And so we're dealing with people who have been given up by medicine quite often and also people who are coming here to prevent disease. 
So it's not everyone that comes here is sick. Matter of fact, half the population that comes are really healthy people who want to remain young and vital. And without the disease, they saw their mother die and suffer from her father or friend. So how do healthy people benefit as much as ill people from living this type of lifestyle? Well, remember, you know, many of the 20-some books that I've, I've written on it explain the details. I mean, to give an example, when you're giving people an organic plant-based diet, uh, within that food, there are four elements that are not even discussed in the nutritional community. I happen to have a doctorate in, in nutrition, but I never learned this there. There's hormones in the, in the plant-based food. And the hormones literally, just like bioidentical hormones, keep people vital and young, uh, keep the brain working and the libido working and, and youthfulness and even the skin looking better. Uh, are naturally locked into the food. You don't even have to pay extra for that. You just have to eat the right food. There's oxygen in the food. And as anyone listening uh, knows, oxygen is the most important element or food. Uh, in seven minutes, if you don't have it, you die. There's no other element that you die in seven minutes if you don't have it. And, and people don't realize that we're, we're getting oxygen from, besides breathing, is, is drinking. Uh, water, as an example, is hydrogen and oxygen. And a lot of people uh, are dehydrated, 60% to be exact in America, and that's a secondary place. But the third place you get oxygen from is, is plant-based food that hasn't been cooked. And we've known since 1917, over 100 years now, that you need oxygen within the food to digest the nutrients from the food. Nobody talks about this. They sell you chemical supplements. You know, one of my many books, I expose the supplement industry. 90% of supplements on the market are dangerous to take. They're chemicals. They're not supplements. I'm a big advocate of supplements. I take 35 a day, but they're all food-based supplements. The third thing is almost magic, uh, phytonutrients or phytochemicals. It was discovered by mistake in 1948 where a guy was looking at a microscope and saw that when he was having bacteria or viruses or, or cancer on the slide, uh, and he, he exposed that slide of, of microbes to elements he found coming out of plants, they would attack it and neutralize the cancer or the, and he called it a phytochemical. Now, not much work was done on it until the 1980s. 1980s, the National Institute of Health here in this country started to really review this and spend millions of dollars in doing it. It wasn't until the 1990s when it was heavily funded and Hopkins did the first landmark study where they were looking at what natural elements could prevent and reverse cancers. And they found out that the cabbage family uh, fit that criteria best. And they found out that broccoli out of the cabbage family was the best of the best. And you may remember, if you're old enough, uh, Daddy Bush putting his foot in his mouth when he said he didn't like bro broccoli. That was in response to the Johns Hopkins study. Then a graduate student part of that study came and said, if the broccoli is good, let's sprout the seed of the broccoli and found out it was 50, five zero times more anti-cancer. And the cancer agent, anti-cancer agent in there is called sulforaphane. And uh, the two oncologists, I happened to speak to them years later that were on that study, cancer doctors, said that it was the most effective anti-cancer agent they ever discovered in history. Now, this I'm just focusing on one of the many, many hundreds and thousands of studies that have been done on these medicines, phytonutrients that are in plants, heart disease, diabetes, aging. So in the plants, you have this extraordinary medicine that's been actually talked about as the most important medicine ever discovered in the history of humanity. 
in these plant-based foods. And last, you have enzymes. And what I'm very interested in in the last 35 years of my 48 years work is what the body really is. And the body really is not cells and chemistry, although we treat you with cells and chemistry in medicine, even natural doctors. It's really electromagnetic. So every one of your cells have electrons in it and something called magnetites. And how we, we actually measure those electromagnetic fields is with mainstream medicine diagnostics. If you look at MRIs, that's what they're measuring. They're measuring the electromagnetic frequency of an organ system. If you look at CAT scans, if you look at x-rays, PET scans. And the fact is, we know, if you look at this rationally in medicine, that you're electromagnetic, but the money is in treating you chemically. So here at Hippocrates, we have, a whole, we have a medical doctor who's been doing this 50 years. That's our director of electromagnetic biofrequency medicine. And we bring in the state-of-the-art equipment from all over the globe, from Europe, from Russia, and from Asia. And we're not only treating the person on a biochemical basis, dietary basis, psychological basis, every way you can, and supplemental basis with whole food supplements, but the real core of who you are electromagnetic. So hope. The hormones, oxygen, phytochemicals, and enzymes are why this helps to reverse, prevent disease and aging. Well said. Your new book is uh, Quantum Human, Bio- Human Biology. Right, okay. Yeah. So I have to ask you about this book. Do you explain all of this in that book? I do. And one of my original books where I do an abbreviated form of explanation was Life Force. And Life Force is probably the work I did 20 years ago. Uh, my new book, we went one step further. So I actually uh, became a cohort with Dr. Valerie Hunt, University of California, Los Angeles, that we just lost at 98 years old two years ago. And she was sort of the pioneer in America and the first female professor at the universities of California. And I would go out to the West Coast and we spent hours working and she helped me kick off this book, et cetera. And she actually was a woman who created the very first uh, suit for the men that walked on the moon. So when NASA needed a suit, they called this wonderful, brilliant woman up, and she created it. And she started to realize young, at a very young age, in her 20s, that the body was electromagnetic, and we had to treat it electromagnetically to really get to the core of where disorder is. And ironically, when you look at negative thought, as an example, Yes, it actually expresses itself with hormones in the body, cortisols, et cetera, but she actually went one step behind that, pulled the veil down, and realized it distorted electromagnetic frequencies. Uh, Point in fact, if you looked at people in total shock, they can actually have a heart attack and die because shock in and of itself, a mental attitude called shock, literally shuts down the heart to a point where it stops working. How many of you remember, I certainly remember, because I was one of these arrogant kids that never studied for a test and would always get sick to my stomach when I sat there because I didn't know half the answers. And what did anyone punch me in the stomach? No. My mind was saying, you idiot, why didn't you study for the test? So we all know these things. And these are electromagnetic pulsations. And we use laser, we use QRS, we use cyber scan, we use H-Wave, every proven state-of-the-art technology on every one of our guests here. And you don't have to be sick to have this happen. These are things I use on a daily basis to maintain the highest level of frequency, which, by the way, is the highest level of immunity, which is how you stay young, vital, and without disease. I believe that every, every disease uh, starts 
in the mind. Stress is an immune suppressor. Sugar is an immune suppressor. Before before I wrap this up, what is uh, quantum human biology? What is it? So about 100 years ago, some physicist uh, realized, as Einstein did, that there was something beyond, you know, Einstein physics, he said it himself, and Newtonian physics. You know, Newton figured out physics, you know, 20, uh, 350 years ago, Einstein about 100 years ago. And they became quantum physicists. Now, out of that, we started to look at physics, which is really a brother or sister biology, and started to realize that the same thing we're seeing in the universe and the way the universe works and stars work and how the sun works and photons and protons actually represent itself within the human body. It's amazing. The entire anatomy is almost like opening up to space. And so the same thing that governs life on the sun governs life within the human cell. So there was a newborn uh, field of quantum human biology. And this has to do with everything from uh, ESP that all of us possess, but hardly any of us use, uh, to the technologies that some I've just mentioned that we can actually manipulate change in attitude, change in thought, etc. Recently, the FDA just approved a new electromagnetic device that will eliminate the need for psychiatric medicines. I don't know how many of you have been awake to watch that. Why? Because they realize that They've now harbored and harnessed particular frequencies that change the neurons and the way the pathways of the neurons work in the brain. And pathways of neurons are how we become depressed, how we become bipolar, how we become schizophrenic, etc. So this is exciting that this thing. We also know that, for instance, when you have a tumor growing, be it cancer, it could be a big tumor, picture it in the body, that the What's happening is that every one of those cells are supposed to have 75 hertz. When you have cancer, they have 10 hertz or less, any cancer. When they have 10 hertz or less, the cells pull together, globulate together, become almost a community, and start to try to depend upon each other to get the little bit of energy out of each other they should. When you start to, once again, reinvigorate the cell by putting the 75 hertz is into the cell or into the body with these technologies, no longer do they need to coagulate and make a community. So now it helps the ability of the body to release this, soften it up, and reverse the tumorous condition, including fibroistic tumors. So these are things that we don't have theories of here. These are things I've been employing as a director since 1981 or 82. And the good news is with technological advancements moving like rocket ship today, the machines we used to think were the hottest thing in the world five years ago are passe five years later. And so they're becoming less expensive, more available, and far, far, far better. What are some of the most common ailments you're seeing right now at the Institute that you've seen over the years? Well, again, cancer is on an upswing, but then you have diabetes, which is shocking. I mean, type 2 diabetes is almost catastrophic at this point, and it's 100% correctable. If you go to a doctor and that doctor says that this is a chronic disease and you'll have it forever, leave that doctor because this is a lifestyle problem. It's not even a disease. You choose to have diabetes by eating animal fats and taking sugar, period. And if you stop those things and do the right thing and, and start to use the right uh, lifestyle methods, you'll, you'll recover from that. Uh, the same thing with cancers. You know, cancer is the way we treat them today in allopathic medicine. It's half of the problem. Uh, an article I wrote in our latest magazine, you can get online on our website, HippocratesInstitute.org, and you can look it up. 
Matter of fact, every magazine we've published since 1980 is on there with story after story. And I talk about three studies that have been done on cancer. One was just done by the British government on chemotherapy on stage four cancers. Do you realize they actually now have shown that in the first 30 days that stage four people take chemo, half of them die. Half of them die. They, this is a, a medical study that just came out. In, in Australia, they looked at long-term survival rates with stage four cancer after people have taken a round of chemotherapy. After five years, only 2.3% of people live. Listen closely. Uh, this is an Australian study. The American study shows less. In the United States, it's 2.1% of people, or 98% of people die is what I should say, who have taken advanced, with advanced cancers, you know, the chemotherapy. Now, these are data is coming out of the mainstream journals. How are they going to justify continuing to do these things? So I see these things, and I see people reverse these things, brain cancers, pancreatic cancers, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease. And not everyone does because it's a state of mind. It's a, it's a matter of how much you value life. Do you have passion? What do you hear? Are you here to contribute or not? Are you just here breathing air and thinking you deserve to live? You've got to do more than that to live. You've got to actually have a life to deserve to have a life. You've got to be doing something in your life. And you can't sit around and whine and, and, and blame genetics and, and that your father looked at you the wrong way in 1968. Get over it. You know, the fact of the matter is it's up to you to get well, and everyone can do it, and I've seen people do it. I've had the greatest gift in my life to watch people and the potential humans have in bringing about major recoveries from major problems once they put their mind and heart to it. I'm a big proponent of mindset. You know, let me share this little story with you real quickly before we let you go. Uh, I, I sat down with Dr. Sarah Sisso. She's a former patient of yours. Uh, she was on the right. show last Friday. And, and she told, first of all, she, she says hello, but uh, above and beyond that, she holds you in a pretty high regard because she says that you're someone who showed her how to save her own life after her sister died. Um, she was so much inspired to attain uh, her PhD in holistic medicine because she wanted to help people like you're helping people. Now she's the founder of a, the Three Weeks Back to Health program. I recognize the value in programs like this, you know, because you have a positive impact on lives. I'm also aware, though, of the opposition and the controversy that unconventional ways of thinking can bring with it. You know, throughout the history, uncommon ideas are used, you and I well know, are met with opposition. So the question for you is, how have you dealt with any negativity and negative feedback that you've experienced along your journey by helping other people live better lives? There has to be people who are opposed to it and have things to say about that. So what do you say to them? Well, of course, we have constant uh, naysayers, as we say, and it's even worse than that. I mean, uh, so that you know there's 500 of us that the food industry, the pharmaceutical industry, and the soda industry have trolls, they spend a total of $8 million a year to attack 500 of us in this field, the most notable people. So if you're on the right track and you're doing what passionately is truth to you, that it's not comfortable to have people say negative things about you ever. But the truth of the matter is if you're living in the light of truth, it, you're like a duck in water. It just rolls off. I mean, nobody can ever tell me that what I'm doing isn't honest, isn't good, and isn't helpful. Uh, they could never 
grasp that out of me at this point. They can't take it out of me in any way. So I think we're, if people doubt themselves, if people aren't really completely 100% focused and committed in what they're doing, and they're doing it for the wrong reason, either to make a living or for egocentric reasons, etc., they're the vulnerable people. But I think those of us who basically are passionate and and, and, and searching for and living the truth, even though we're not perfect, nobody's perfect. The truth of the matter is the attacks may do the opposite of what they're expected to. They may make us more, more committed, stronger, and more passionate about our belief systems. Nobody's ever going to tell me that man will supersede the knowledge and wisdom and spiritual increment of nature. And I watch nature's power on a daily basis, and let me tell you, uh, man better fall into line and humble ourselves and learn from nature rather than supersede it. Yeah, so the family members of the patients that have come to you and have not had success, they're upset. Uh, they say, well, things didn't happen the way they thought they would happen. I don't know how your institution handles that, but I, me, me personally, I firmly believe that if you're going in it with a positive mindset and you're yeah. following the protocol, there has to be some positive... Uh, outcome to that. Well, there, there's always benefit, but I, the, the problem you're expressing here is an American problem, and more so worldwide at this point. Uh, we have been breastfed to believe that magic happens, that you don't have to put any effort in. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be responsible. And this is because of the pharmaceutical model, and yes, in fact, the, the natural model. Uh, the difference between a pharmaceutical uh, driven doctor and a natural doctor is they're still doing the same thing, sadly. Come to me, pay me, I make you well. So the mindset is not an uncommon mindset in the United States and more so around the world now because they're all being contaminated by this type of activity. Uh, every minute, every day, every one of my team members here, which is a very large team, we have far more team members than we have guests here, uh, tell people that we don't heal people here. Uh, this is 100% up to you. And if you think that this is going to be a magic uh, carpet ride and somehow you're going to get well without doing it, today's the day to pack your bags and leave. So this is a very serious place. We don't kid around. Our first objective isn't to make an income. Our first objective is to help humanity that's lost, confused, and in the dark at this point. And our job is to be utterly, painfully honest to people and say, look it. Uh, since 1956, hundreds of thousands of people have come here, and Hippocrates has never healed one person. And I always see them stunned, you know, because their aunt sent them here who healed, or they read <laughs> 10 stories about people right. who healed. I said, but those people didn't just, you know, take a pill and get better. They were willing to commit themselves to radical shifts in lifestyle, radical shifts in, in and, you know, some people leave here and they have to go home and, and do marriage counseling, and then they find out the reason they have breast cancer or some other problem is because they're in a bad marriage. They've got to have courage to change that. Uh, 80% of Americans, it was a poll that just came out recently, 80% of Americans say they hate their job. Not dislike, hate, hate. their job. Yeah. They only gave them a choice. Do you love or hate? 20% said they love it, 80% said. How do, you, how do you, all you do in life pretty much is your work and, and rest to go sleep. back to yeah. work. <laughs> right. if, you, if you hate that, you're in trouble, man. Big you're going to end up sick. You won't jump off a bridge. You'll come here with some disease. You know, Dr. Sarah, Dr. Sarah Sisto said, and I asked her, I said, how do you watch your sister die, that the hospital treat her so badly? I mean, you, you know her story, that the hospital treat yep. her so badly, 
And then within a few months later, you're diagnosed with cancer and you get through all this. And you know what she said? Mindset. I decided I was going to get through it. And that was it. That's it. That's it. She's exactly right. I mean, you know, if people realized how simple it was to heal, to recover, to have a happy life. But, you know, sadly, it starts off often with your parents. If your parents are wishy-washy, if your parents are sort of laissez-faire, you know, that nothing really matters to them. If they weren't good images of of being on a mission of some kind, you know, you don't have to be all superstars and heroes, you know, you could be on a mission of being a good carpenter. You could be on a mission of being a great service person answering the phone for people. Not everyone has to be a hero and well-known, but whatever you do, you better be doing it because you want to do it. And when you have that image as a child, as I had, I was blessed because I had parents that loved and respected one another, and they did work that they loved to do. Uh, a lot of people out there listening to me today didn't have that. They saw loser, unhappy people who took it out on their children. And so this is why this model is such an accepted model. You know, you don't make me well, so I'm angry at you. Well, nobody can make you well. So let's start with that one. How about you participating in this? And will lifestyle always work for everyone? Yes. A healthy lifestyle is unanimous. The only thing in the world that I can promise you will work for everyone. Even some of the treatments I do here, which are incredibly important, do not work the same for every person. But if you eat right, think right, and exercise, a million dollars, I'll bet you that that's going to work. Now, will it work as well as you want it to work? God knows. You keep doing it, it will. I can tell you that. (laughs) I tell you something. We're all running programs. We Every single day of your life, we're running a program. And that program, I'll say this forever, the program is going to spit out a result. If the program yep. going is negative, the program coming out is going to be negative. And that, it really yep. is that simple. But we have to understand that. And we get so caught up in the system of being familiar with ourselves and not willing to step out of that because we don't know what the other side is going to bring. So uncertainty is, is scary for a lot of people. So they stay unhappy. You got it. So it's frightening to, to feel good. If we're not used to, as children, we're not used to, it's a good thing to feel good. It's a good thing to love what you do. It's a good thing. You're told, my grandfather, my best buddy when I was growing up, you know, he didn't mean it in this way, but he used to say, get a job, stick to a job, and thank God you have a job. I always thought as a child that life was suffering. You know, it's suffering. And that's what we're taught as children. This is why we have a completely crazy system in the United States now. Look at what comes out of Washington. We send them to Washington. All they do is sabotage everyone all of the time, and then they fight with one another. They're like lunatics, and nothing gets done, and everyone's unhappy. And why? Uh, Every once in a while, God knows how it happens, somebody who's smart and open-minded gets into politics. They usually don't last very long, And so much gets done in a short period of time because that individual is passionate. And the same thing happens in your life. I mean, I watch people come in here who are so sick, we're we're wondering if they're going to make it to tomorrow. And this happens a lot. And these people I know 20, 30, 40, 50 years later, and these people are phenomenally healthy. I just talked to a woman uh, yesterday, or not what, it was Saturday. I was out speaking at a big medical conference, and she stood up, she's 82 now, And she told the entire group of 350 doctors in the room, you know, when I came to Hippocrates with liver cancer, I couldn't stand up. My husband had to wheel me in in a wheelchair. I was gray, scary gray, and she was, I remember it. And I really thought I was going to die. 
And everyone that comes here gets psychotherapy, so you know that. If you don't want to take psychotherapy, you don't come to Hippocrates. And she said, I went to the psychotherapist, and he, he said, after about 40 minutes of me talking to him, I'm going to actually ask you to leave because you won't listen to a word I'm saying. And what I'm trying to tell you is that all the food you eat, everything else you do here is not going to work unless you have a belief system you're going to live. Because all she talked about is how she went to this doctor and that doctor and that doctor, and everyone said she was going to die, and her husband wanted her to come here. But she wasn't sure this was going to work. So we have very candid psychotherapists. So they said, basically, I can't help you because you, you're already prepared to die. And she said, when I went out of there, I was so angry. How dare this guy? I've never met him before, and he's sitting here talking to me. And she said, that night, I, I woke up in the middle, and I cried like a baby. She said, and she said, I had a complete shift in my consciousness at that moment. She said, my husband thought I had cracked up. And she said, no, honey, I just found my heart. Well, here this is years and years later. She was, she's now in her 80s. She was out running a marathon the week before. This woman couldn't stand up when she was here. And this isn't magic. This is a spiritual healing. And the spirit comes not from some mystical place. It comes from inside of your heart and soul. It's the voice of God that's there, always ready to help you. We just have to learn to listen, not the head that's always giving you negative, can't do this, you can't do that, you're bad, you're small, you're short, you're poor. All of this shit that we have in our head is what kills us. In response to that, as we wrap this up, let me say this. What you just said, I was listening with both ears and completely in agreement of the mindset. If you're trying to cure a disease with a negative pessimistic mindset it's like literally trying to fill a colander with water it's never going to happen never going to happen right. so let me ask you in, in closing i have to before i get your contact and that what brings you the most joy in 60 seconds we have left go ahead love you know giving love sharing love being loved i mean that's it I mean, it's the most powerful feeling I have. You know, I'm in love with my wife. I'm in love with my work. I'm in love with my children and seven grandchildren. I'm in love with the guests that come here because I'm just so happy to see what we humans can do once we're ready to do it, once we're ready to share that love. And the impact you want to have on the world is? Uh, this becomes a legacy and mainstream. That's no longer something people have to come to. This is the way healthcare is handled in the future. Gotcha. And your contact information so everybody can find you. So we'll give you the website. It's Hippocrates Health Institute, but it's Hippocrates, H-I-P-P-O-C-R-A-T-E-S Institute, I-N-S-T-I-T-U-T-E dot org. We're a nonprofit. So it's Hippocrates Institute dot org. And then you can call us if you wish. Our phone number here is 561-471. 8876. So it's 561-471-8876. It was a pleasure to be with you. I hope that your listeners understood what we said. And if they got angry, good, that provoked you. And if you didn't get angry, <laughs> if you listened, that's good. Uh, we provoked you. So God bless, be well, and, and remain optimistic. Everything's going to be okay once you make it that way. I appreciate your time, Dr. Clement. Thank you again. We appreciate that. We'll be in touch. If there's anything else that you feel like you want to share, just have Sharon reach out to me in an email, and we'll definitely invite you back on in the future as a guest. Until then, Good. Be well. live well. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.